I'm Maria Ramsey. And I'm Anna Barnard, and you are listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. For joining us this week for episode six of Never Wear Boring Socks. Last week we said the topic of this episode was going to be a surprise because we hadn't decided yet, but <laughs> we fortunately have decided and we decided on the topic of creativity, which we talked a little bit about last week, but we want to kind of continue it. Um, from what we were talking about with Monica. So creativity has always been a theme in both of our lives and a big part of both of how we identify ourselves. Um, so we're going to talk about why it's so important to us, our relationship to creativity, and some of our current creative projects. But before we get into that topic, Maria, what socks are you wearing this morning? I'm wearing some socks that I believe you gave me. They're blue and pink and purple. They have sort of these geometric designs on them. They're cool. And I chose these socks because I feel like they would be very at home in sort of a wacky dream sequence type situation. And I feel like that's reflective of my brain right now because I accidentally for whatever reason woke up at 4 30 this morning and couldn't fall back asleep so I'm like feeling a little bit loopy so I apologize if I don't make as much sense as normal I hopefully will be able to articulate my thoughts anyway <laughs> <laughs> very nice we'll see and what socks are you wearing Anna I'm wearing a pair of knee-high socks they are purple and they have dots all over them and the dots are there are a good number of dots that are pink but there are some dots that are silver and sparkly and one reason I, I just chose these socks because I thought they were fun and this week I have been adjusting to college life which has been kind of difficult so I wanted to put on some fun socks to cheer me up and I also like how the little sparkly dots are interspersed in there. They're like a little reminder for me to be the sparkly dots in my life. If that makes any sense. I like it. That does make <laughs> sense. It's sort of it's sort of like a PMA idea. Yeah, exactly. But like sparkly mental attitude. There we go. That should be a new <laughs> thing. SMA small. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Next episode, maybe. <laughs> yeah, get excited. <laughs> All right. So, as Anna said, we're talking about creativity today. So, I thought we could start by maybe talking a little bit about the benefits of creative activities, like why why we think it's good to do them, what we get out of them. Um, so, one of the first things that comes to mind is something that we talked about in our mindfulness episode. I believe that was episode four. About how when we're working on creative projects, it's a lot easier to get into a really mindful, present state, sort of a flow state, and really focus in on what you're doing and be present with what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I think being or doing a creative activity kind of, takes you away from whatever struggles you're experiencing in your life and just zones you in on a completely different headspace for a little while because you're so involved in what you're doing and trying to produce this creative thing. And I think that's the exact effect that meditation has, which also falls into the, yeah, excuse me, into the category of mindfulness. Um, so... That's a really big part of creativity that I, I think a lot of people don't always realize is it like a byproduct of it. But I feel like if you're ever doing something creative, it always makes you feel good and like more centered in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah, I think it kind of like, yeah, like you were saying, it kind of 
takes you out of your little bubble of like all your everyday problems and worries and kind of connects you to something outside yourself. At least that's how I feel when I'm really absorbed in a creative project. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing that we consider to be a benefit of creativity, which is probably something that um, creative people generally focus on more, I think, than the mindfulness aspect. I feel like the mindfulness aspect is more of like a byproduct that's really lovely. But I think a Mm -hmm. lot of times people are striving for a feeling of productivity and accomplishment and pride in what you've created. I mean, creativity is a form of expressing oneself and putting themselves out in the world. And I think that's something that really drives people to create. I know it's something that drives me to create, but also just being able to have this tangible thing that before you were doing this creative project, you didn't have and afterwards you did. And you can see this tangible uh, sense of progress or accomplishment from your your creative endeavors yeah I think it makes you feel good about how you spent your time like that was that was a good use of my time right because now I have this thing to show for it yeah definitely I always find myself when I'm working on something like stopping to just kind of admire my work and be like this is this is cool that I'm making this I do that a lot when I'm crocheting I spend a lot of time in between rows just kind of watching it grow and thinking oh look at it it's so big it's so pretty it's bigger than it was yesterday cool yeah. I'm making a thing exactly yeah I which is not very productive but it's fun <laughs> yeah totally it's a joy you get to experience from creating yeah. something and earlier this week or maybe it was the week before I was doing some studying in the library at the school I go to and I had recently gone to a panel that I had um, sat in on, on like our orientation week and it was talking about study methods and time management and productivity. And one of the suggestions was that you study for 20 minutes and then you take a break for five minutes and then you study for 20 minutes and you take a break for five minutes. And the suggestion was that if you're doing, if you're studying something more, academic or logic based like English math or science then you want to do something during your break that's more creative but if you're studying something like music or art then you want to do something more logic based so like a crossword puzzle or something Hmm. um that's interesting yeah and I was um studying I think I was doing some reading for a class so then after I was done with my studying and I decided to take a break I decided to do some drawing for a break And not only was that calming for me, but now I have a little drawing of a lion sitting on my desk that I made. I have this little thing (laughs) that I get to look at. So it's an added benefit um, in addition to the good headspace that it puts you in. Yeah. That's interesting that you're talking about that, the 20-minute, five-minute thing. I've heard of that before. I've heard it referred to as the Pomodoro method. Yeah, that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I found... I decided to try it recently, and I found an app that, like, times it for you. I don't actually like the app that I use because the timer doesn't actually make a sound, and it didn't really help very much, but but I like the idea of it. Right. But there are a ton of apps, so I'll have to find a different one. Okay, I didn't even know those existed. I'll look for that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty effective when I was using it. The thing is, then I just kind of stopped using it, but <laughs> maybe I should get back into it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's an interesting point to like break up or to do something kind of in a different realm from what you were doing before. Yeah. I hadn't heard that part before. Right. And I think that brings us to another point about the benefits of creativity in that doing creative things helps to stimulate productivity and helps to get other things done besides your creative work. It also Mm -hmm. makes you more productive when you have to do things that you might not want to do, like studying. But if you're doing creative things, that kind of creates a sense of uh, drive and accomplishment, and it kind of creates a habit in your life, which I think you can usually apply to other portions of your life as well. Yeah. Well, I also, maybe this is just because I'm like a very arts-minded person, but whenever I'm working on a creative project, I get 
so excited about it that I have more energy to do other things. I think like when I'm feeling kind of blah about life and just kind of low energy, it often has a lot to do with the fact that I'm not really working on any creative projects that are really satisfying at the moment. When I'm really excited about something that I'm working on, I'm like, I'm really excited about that project, but then I'm also jazzed about other things in life. It carries over. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really difficult because a lot of the times if you have something that you really need to get done and you have a lot of things in your life that you need to accomplish and then you kind of think that creative projects don't really fit into your schedule. But a lot of the times if you do make time for them, then they just add to the productivity in the other parts of your life and create a a better mindset for you to get those things done. So I think one of my goals coming out of this is going to be to make time for that despite having a lot of other things to do because I think it will actually benefit me in the long run. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It is hard to make time for it though because it, it tends to kind of get pushed to the side in favor of other things that seem more pressing. Yeah. I Have you ever seen that? It's like a little matrix thing that... I don't know if I'll be able to describe it very well, but like on one side, it has, it's like a square divided into four parts. And on one side, it's like important or not important. On the other side, it's like, um, I forget what words they use, but like, basically, is it time sensitive or not? So the point is that we work on a lot of things that are time sensitive that need to get done now that are not necessarily important and we like we procrastinate on those things so that we're doing those things instead of the more important things that would be more satisfying to us in the long run like creative projects yeah i feel like i definitely oh that's such a huge trend in my life i felt i feel like all of high school was me just convincing myself that i didn't have time to do any creative projects which i kind of regret now (laughs) yeah yeah so that's really interesting that that you say that I've never heard of that actual manifestation of that that's really interesting yeah I'll have to find a a link to a picture of it so we can post it in the show notes yes I found it really helpful to think about sure yeah sort of helping myself prioritize right definitely yeah and one other benefit of doing creative things I think when you're making products is that you could give them to other people which can be really nice. And so you can make gifts for people. I remember one year in like middle school or something, I made it my goal to crochet a stuffed animal for all my friends' birthdays, mm-hmm. which took a, a lot of time and I did get really yeah. busy, but it was really rewarding. And a lot of my friends like still have them and they'll show them to me, Aww. which is really nice. So you can do stuff like that, which not only makes other people feel good, but it makes you feel good. Yeah, it's it's a nice personal way to give a gift to somebody, to show somebody that you care about them if you made it. Exactly. I've always made a lot of gifts for people over the years. Yeah, for sure. I um, recently went to a club meeting this week at my school called Stitches for Peace, and it's where we knit or crochet things and then like donate them to places Hmm. so like I get to go and have make time for myself to crochet whereas I otherwise wouldn't and that's really rewarding for me that time that I take to do it is really nice but then I also get to give it to someone else so it's also rewarding for that person and so I feel like you're benefiting more people that way which is really nice yeah That's something I've been thinking about recently, too, is, like, how can I use my creative interests for good? Like, how can I use them to benefit other people? Right. Besides just myself. So, yeah, I think sharing them with other people is one way to do it. For sure. Yeah. So... Maria, do you want to talk a little bit about... We've been talking a lot about 
creativity and creative projects, but we haven't really defined what it means to be creative necessarily. Do you want to go into that a little bit and what you think about it? Yeah. So, the definition is kind of hard, but I think, I think like one of the things that I want to say about this is that creativity does not have to be like painting or writing songs or writing novels or short stories because I think when a lot of people sort of hear something about creativity they think of an artist painting in their studio or somebody writing on their computer or something and I think it's useful to have a broader definition of creativity that includes other things that we might not necessarily normally considered to be art forms or creative work, but I think they can be. I think, I think that everyone has creativity in them. Like maybe you're not a painter, maybe you're not a musician, but I think like, you know, if you really like cooking and you like thinking of interesting ways to use your ingredients, that's being creative. If you really like thinking of outfits to wear and like putting together interesting outfits that's also a form of creativity asking really good questions or coming up with new fancy ways to do math problems that no one else is doing like that's still coming up with new ideas and solutions which I think is part of creativity yeah and I think challenging yourself to do anything out of your regular routine on a daily basis can fall under the idea of creativity I mean doing something in an original way that challenges your original perspective on your experiences is being creative you're creating something new in your lifestyle yeah I like that Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about it that way yeah and I think I'm really guilty of viewing a creative person as someone who is like sitting in a studio or uh, at a desk or having all their materials around them and having this like brilliant idea pop into their head and like that's creativity Mm -hmm. but there are so many other definitions of creativity and I think remembering that it can be applied to all sorts of places in your life will just enrich your life and I need to work on that as well Yeah, definitely. I think I was talking to somebody recently about how, like, even sports can be creative, which for me, like, I hadn't really thought about that because I'm just not a sports person. I never really have been. So that's not something that I associate with creativity. But I was talking to somebody about how, like, you know, deciding what play to use or whatever can be a creative process. Yeah, Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Well, coming from my experience as a rec basketball player, (laughs) um, (laughs) that's totally true. Because a lot of the times I would play point guard, which is the person who dribbles the ball up when you're on offense and kind of initiates the play. And I was always really guilty of just, like, dribbling to the same side and, like, not really passing to people or doing the same things over and over again. And, like, that never works because people just know what you're going to do. And so you have to get really creative with how you're going to get to the basket and score some points. And you have to consider who else is going to help you out in doing that. So, yeah, that's totally true. That's a really good example. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. For sure. So... Challenge yourself to be creative in whatever you do, and also just to recognize creativity when you might not otherwise. Yeah, and I think celebrate when you notice that you're being creative. Yeah. I think it's worth feeling good about it when you do notice that you're doing something creative. I think people sometimes tend to be critical of themselves because they feel like they're not creative. But I think if you, like, really look at the things that you are doing, either on a regular basis that you just don't normally think of as creative, or like you're saying, like, just do something that's a little bit different than what you normally do, 
um, just recognizing that you are a creative person can be helpful. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. So we've talked about how being creative is really important to our identities. What necessary, do you want to talk a little more about that, Maria? Like what specifically does that mean to you in terms of your life? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think identifying as a creative person is a useful way for me to think about myself, which is why I would encourage other people to, like, not decide that they're not creative so fast, why I would encourage other people to also consider themselves creative. Um, and the reason I think it's been a useful part of my identity is because one because it's flexible because I feel like a lot of sort of identities that we give ourselves can be limiting in some way because you think like I'm I'm a even if it is something creative like I'm a musician so I don't play sports or whatever that's very simplified but you know, like you have these certain parts of your identity that maybe prevent you from certain experiences or mindsets. And I think thinking of yourself as a creative person, like one, it's so, it can apply to so many areas of life like we've been talking about. It's not just the art and music and writing. Um, and also, like, the whole point of creativity is that you're thinking of new solutions and trying new things and creating value, creating things of value or beauty in the world. So, now I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I really like how you were saying that it allows you to be flexible in how you identify yourself because when you said that when you identify more specifically as something for example if you identify as a musician then you kind of prevent yourself from identifying as athletic mm -hmm. I think if you are creative then you can identify with yourself as both of those things you right. know I mean if you're a creative person then you can say well I, I, I mean, I, I think that's just a really good, good example. I, I, for in my life, I play bassoon, but I also am a runner and have identified as a runner for a really long time. And I know a lot of musicians who are very um, condescending towards sports, <laughs> which mm -hmm. like I'm guilty of too because I like. Me I'm like, too. I'm a musician. Sports are so weird. But I really like sports. And I think being able to my excuse me, being able to identify myself as creative helps me to be more confident in saying that yes, I am both of these things. It allows you to not only be creative in what you produce in your life, but how you interpret your life. Yeah. I think that like thinking of yourself as a creative person can allow you to have all these multiple identities kind of, or pieces of your identity, because it doesn't really close anything off. Exactly. Yeah. And I also like thinking of myself as creative just because it, it feels good. Like it feels true to me and it feels like it makes me feel happy when I think that. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I've always identified myself as a creative person and want to continue identifying myself as a creative person is that creating things makes me happy, and I want to be a joyful person. And so I think, therefore, I have to continue identifying myself as creative because that's what gives me a lot of joy in my life, and if I leave that behind, I'm leaving behind a big source of happiness and so I always want to try to keep that as part of my, identi my identity and I think that's kind of difficult because a lot of places in society 
come at creativity in this um, kind of deterministic way, I feel like, in like an industrial sense. Like, if you are... There's this whole I- identity of, like, the starving artist and mm-hmm. how if you're a creative person and, and you actually want to pursue that as some kind of career, like, you're going to be, like, tortured somehow because you're going to struggle so much. And with other professions, that's, like, not the case. I mean, being a creative person is viewed as, like, mm-hmm. very unstable. And I've really struggled with that because I want to find myself in a creative profession at some point because, again, that gives me the, the most joy. But I also... I'm a very practical person in general and I don't want to be going into something that's like not gonna leave me in a very good situation um financially or mentally or emotionally or whatever so I don't really want to be a starving artist either but I think being able to identify myself as creative keeps allowing me to identify with that that sense of of joy and that striving for joy and that's why I keep it as this forefront to who I am, despite yeah, like the qualms I, like I have about it. I guess. Yeah, I find that whole starving artist thing so frustrating because I feel like we have that like archetype in our mind individually and like collectively as a society, and then I feel like having that picture in our minds just makes it so much harder to really go after a creative pursuit and not expect yourself to fail financially. Well, it makes it really scary. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It does. I'm like, I want to do these fun creative things, but I don't want to be, like, living on saltine crackers and sleeping five hours a day because of it. Like, I feel like there's this depiction of that image and I don't think that's how you have to live your life. And I don't know. It's I it's agree. weird. I, I think create, creating should be this really joyful thing instead of this really, really hard thing. And yeah. that's been like a huge source of conflict for me. This is something I've been thinking about recently, like especially in terms of careers, because I'm kind of thinking about what options are out there and... I also, like, have always wanted to pursue a creative career. I never really knew what that was going to look like, but I just knew I wanted it to be something creative. And specifically for me, that, for me, that means, like, artsy. That doesn't have to be true for everybody, but for me, that's what I want. I want to be creating art of some kind. Um, And... Yeah, I feel like I've run into a lot of just, like, blockages and limiting beliefs from myself and from other people about, like, like okay, you like drawing, but how much money can you really make doing that? And that's going to be really hard, and you're going to have to work so many hours every week to actually be successful with it. So that ma- that has made me not pursue my creative interests as much as I would like to, as much as would make me happy. I put them on the back burner in favor of other things that like are supposedly more lucrative or I don't, not even more lucrative because I majored in music. So that's also like another artsy thing. But if I had picked a major based on like what I wanted to go into as a career, I would have probably gone to art school. But I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's this mentality of, like, if you're going to pursue a creative profession, it's like an all or nothing thing. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to be doing this, then you need to devote your life to it. And, like, if you're going to be a writer, you need to be writing all the time and you can't do anything else. And I, like... I hate that because 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 I want to be writing and I really want to do that and I I would love to be a writer at some point in my life but like there's so many other things that I want to be in my life as well and mm-hmm. so then I find myself not writing at all because if I'm not going to write all the time then how am I going to 
ever be good, so why write it all? And it's yeah. like this vicious cycle. And I think a lot of it is created by by outward norms and stuff and perceptions, but I don't know, I'm still working really hard to to get past that because I feel like I've been very stagnant with my creativity in the past few years because I've been very questioning about what I want to do with it. Yeah, it's hard. I also think, yeah, like you said, there's this idea you have to go all in if you're going to make it. But I think there's nothing wrong with pursuing your creative art, like whether it's as a career, like whether you're trying to make money at it or not. I think there's nothing wrong with doing that and then also having a day job that's something different. Right. Like, I don't think that means you're not an artist if you're only making art right. on the weekends or after 5 p.m. Yeah, for sure. That just means it's not your livelihood. Maybe it's not paying the bills, but you're still an artist. Yeah. And I, for a long time, I thought that in order to keep creating things and to identify myself as a creative person, I would need to do that as a profession. But there's also the argument that if you force yourself to do it and financially depend on this thing, then it becomes something that you have to do instead of something that you want to do. So there's also value in doing creative things, not for money and just for yourself and still identifying as a creative person, despite having this other probably very fulfilling job that you have. And so yeah. I think that's not considered enough either. Yeah. Have you ever read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? I have not. It's good. It's about creativity. Okay. So I think you would enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, she makes the point that the way she puts it, I think, is that like it's unfair to your creative work to put so much pressure on it that it has to make all your money. Right. Which is something that I've sort of kept in the back of my mind. Because, like, I I would be so happy if my livelihood was coming from drawing and writing. But I also don't want to put so much pressure on it that it becomes not an enjoyable thing anymore. Yeah. And I don't think that, like, just trying to make money at it in itself is going to make it not enjoyable. I think that's, like, an interesting challenge for me personally to sort of make it into a business venture of some sort. But I also don't think that I need to necessarily only do that. Yeah. I just feel like that would stress me out, which is not really a place that is conducive to creating good quality work. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the important thing is really like having a conversation with yourself about where your values fall with creativity because there's so many outward norms that are influencing how we view creative creative people and the creative process and I think ultimately it's different for everyone and you have to treat your art in a way that's gonna work for you yeah so talk to yourself our normal self-talk <laughs> Exactly. positive self-talk <laughs> yeah so yeah. continuing with this a little bit how do you think your creativity has evolved over time Maria that's an interesting question I I was definitely a very creative artsy child mm -hmm. I was always drawing or writing stories or playing music, or making jewelry, or crocheting, or, like, just any number of things. Our house was always full of my <laughs> creative output. It was all over the place. Um, so that was, that was, like, what I did with all of my free time when I was younger. And then, of course, it kind of got pushed to the side when I got older, like, in high school when I got busier, which was unfortunate because I'm definitely happier when I'm doing more creative work and I feel like this is an interesting question because so when I got to high school and college I was mostly focused on music that was my like main extracurricular thing that I was good at I was in all the ensembles I took lessons which 
is can be a creative artsy thing but i feel like it has not been satisfying my creative needs i think because maybe it's because i do a lot of classical music where you're playing music that somebody else wrote and a lot of it of course is like there's a lot of interpretation and little changes that you can make and that you should be thinking about as a musician if you're a musician at a certain level but those like little subtle details to me are just not that interesting which is why I did not want to go into performance as a musician so I feel like in recent years I've got gotten back to the more to me more creatively satisfying pursuits particularly drawing I've done some writing as well but I've especially gotten back into drawing this last year which has been so fun like I I have so much fun whenever I do it so I'm really glad that I'm doing it now but I didn't do it for so long which is kind of crazy yeah for sure um, I also had a similar experience I think when I was little I drew a lot as well I wrote stories a lot when I was a little kid and that's something that I've always continued to want to do um like my ideal profession right now would be writing novels probably but again we just had the conversation about how that may be difficult and how we may need to reorient our perspectives on that. But continuing on this thread, um, I did a lot of writing and drawing as a kid. And then I really got into music like you did in middle school and high school. And I'm doing it now. And I really love that because it's this collaborative thing. Whereas I feel like writing and drawing is something that you just do on your own. And I think they're good for different reasons. Um, the music thing, I've, I've really loved that I've spent my time in that way the past few years because I've developed a lot of friendships and relationships and with other musicians who I really, really love. Um, and I've learned to work in a group setting, in ensemble settings, which can be really, really rewarding. You have this relationship with your conductor, you have relationships with the people who are in your section, and you really work together to create this um, beautiful sounding piece of music but I also feel like I've given up a lot of the writing and drawing that I used to do and something that was really lovely about that and doing it on your own was that it was kind of this meditative thing which we talked about earlier and it was something where you could just kind of do it yourself and it was this little outlet for me and music for me has almost become this kind of like competitive thing a lot of the times it can rest on pride and your ego can get really involved in what kind of ensembles you're in and who like how you're playing in comparison to other people because you're always playing in a context where there's other people around for the most part unless you're just practicing mm -hmm. by yourself but with writing and drawing, when I was little, I was never worrying about that. Like, it was always just for fun. There was no consideration as to who else was going to see this or who else was going to experience it. And it was just me getting it out and really loving what I was doing. And I feel like I've kind of lost that sense of uh, just creating for me. And I always feel like it needs to achieve some other goal. But just enjoying what you're doing is really productive in and of itself and so my goal is to kind of re-stimulate that sense of just creating for fun and doing that writing and that drawing that I used to do that I've kind of forgotten about and lost habit of doing if that makes any sense yeah that makes a lot of sense and I totally agree with you on the collaborative thing in music I'm also really glad that I spent so much time doing it and that I really pursued that because I love music and I also like I most of my friends most of my close friends I made through music and the musical communities that I've been a part of for my entire life basically have been some of the most rewarding and welcoming communities that I've ever experienced 
So I'm really grateful for that. And I also, I like, I love collaborating on creative projects. I love coming together in a group of people to create something beautiful. So yeah, I agree. They're both, they're good for different reasons. So right. I just feel like I neglected the one side of creativity for the other, the other part of it. Right. Which, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think what I kind of gave up was this like inner creativity and like inner originality where I was just like making this stuff and this like childhood mm-hmm. thing where I would just like come up with the idea and then I wouldn't consider whether it was bad or good. I would just do it. And I could therefore create a lot of stuff at will. And I feel like now I have a really hard time coming up with creative ideas for stories or drawings or whatever. And so I never get started. I think, well, that's dumb or that will never work or I won't have time for that. And then I just don't do it. And the only way to get better at doing that kind of stuff is to just sit down and do it, even if it's not going to be any good. And so I really need to like re get in touch with that again. I think yeah. I think high school is so much academic studying and doing this to get this grade and doing this to be praised for this accomplishment and I think my creativity like has been muted somehow from that experience and I feel very lost with that and so I'm hoping I can regain some sense of that and a lot of it is just habit and doing the creating and just sitting down and doing it yeah I relate to that a lot I like how you articulated that about kind of like the inner childhood piece of creativity Mm -hmm. is the part that you feel like you've lost touch with because I I agree that I feel like that's what happened to me also kind of in high school and college and I've only just really in the past year or so felt really in touch with that part of myself again and I think a lot of it is just making time to do it but it is hard like when you get in the habit of making stuff with other people and making it's like when it's not just for yourself and when it's like this extracurricular that you're being graded on or like judged on by a lot of outside people and it's sort of your not career exactly but like the closest thing to a career as a student that you have it's like your serious extracurricular activity so i I, when you're focused on that i think it is really hard to get into the headspace to just create for fun yeah well and i i i get some sense of hope from you talking about how you've regained that a little bit recently (laughs) i'm glad um and I, i was wondering if you could just briefly kind of say Like, what has helped you along that path to get back to that place? And if, like, there's something in your mindset that feels different now when you do that. Because I'm trying to reconnect with that, that part of me, and I'm kind of lost as to where to go. And I think just in general, like, how do you get into a a place where you can be creative? A lot of the time, it's not going to be you get this inspiration and then you just sit down and do it a lot of the time you kind of just have to create even without inspiration, but how do you will yourself to do that? Or how do you get in touch with that kind of childhood wonder that allows you to create without any reservations? Yeah. Well, I do think it can be useful to just sit down, even if you don't have inspiration and just work on it. Like you said, Um, just like keep working on your craft, even if, it doesn't feel super inspired at that time. But, like, that's been something that's been hard for me. I know we talked about this a little bit in the episode with Monica. Um, Because I definitely tend to create when I have an inspiration to do so. And I just won't always do it at other times. Which is why, for me, writing music doesn't happen very often because I feel like that's something I have to like really sit down and do more. Um, 
Yeah. But I feel like some of the things that have helped me sort of get back into that creative space, one is revisiting old projects. So one of the things that really helped me get back into drawing is looking at drawings that I did when I was younger. So a couple of my drawing, my recent drawings that I'm really pleased with, like some of the ones that I've made into cards that are in my Etsy shop and they're on my website, are based on drawings that I did when I was younger. I'm particularly, I'm thinking of this specific drawing of a flamingo and then also an eggplant. I did those drawings when I was younger, but I just revisited them when I revisited them like last year and sort of reworked them so that I didn't have to come up with an entirely new idea. It was already my idea just from earlier, but I just made it a lot better this time. So that kind of got the ball rolling. I feel like that's really what got me back into it. Okay. This time around. I'm really glad you say that because I was actually thinking about this before I left for college. I had the, I, I didn't follow through because I ran out of time, but I had this idea of going back through all our old computer files and finding all this, the chapters of stories I wrote mm -hmm. and printing them off and putting them in like a binder to reference and reconnecting with this idea that like you wanted to do this when you were a kid and you just wanted to do it for yourself because you enjoyed it and so you should keep doing it because you could do it then so why can't you do it now sort of thing so I'm really glad that that did help you because I've, I've been like considering it and not sure if that would be effective but now that yeah. you articulate it I think that would be really important for me yeah, I would definitely give it a try. Mm -hmm. It's been super helpful for me. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I love and that. And then one other thing that helps me create is creating things for particular, um, like, events or purposes. So for me, a lot of the time, that's for other people. Like, for a birthday card, I'll do a drawing for a birthday card, or I'll write a birthday poem it's so like I, I've been writing you and Martha birthday poems for the past, I don't know how many years, like at least since you were 12 or so. So like that's really fun for me and I don't necessarily just sit down and write poetry, but it's like when your birthday's coming up, it's like, well, I guess I should go write a birthday poem. And then it kind of, it's like a prompt to start me with instead of just pulling from thin air. Okay, yeah. Definitely. I like how you use the word prompt. That feels yeah. like more so tangible. It, yeah. Yeah. So for me that often, like I said, is like a, a birthday or a holiday that I'm making something for somebody or for a particular sort of project, but it could also be some other kind of prompt that you feel interested in. For sure. Yeah. That's really awesome. No, I think those are really good concrete things concrete suggestions Good. that people can do Good. so that's really awesome I like that a lot yeah I like the idea of a prompt too because I feel like my creative work is most satisfying when I feel like I sort of have a box to break out of you know like they say thinking outside the box I feel like sometimes you need a box to start with and then you can think outside of it instead of just, like, starting from nowhere. I'm just going to put a thing on the page. Yeah, totally. No, that's a really good way to articulate it, for sure. Yeah. So one last thing we wanted to cover was the idea of judgment in creative projects. Let's talk a little bit about how we overcome our own judgment and others' judgment and putting things out in the world, I guess, because that's a big part of creativity too, is sharing your, your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're critical of your work, Anna? Is that something that you have to get past? Yes. <laughs> Very much so. This is, I, I touched about along this a little bit earlier um, in the conversation, but I think 
writing is really hard for me when I was little I used to just sit down and write because I really loved it and I would make up these stories and they were just for me to enjoy and I didn't have any doubts that they were bad I was just Mm -hmm. like these are super fun and I'm in touch with my creativity and so it must be really good because I'm enjoying it sort of thing and now it's like I have really had this goal of like getting published at some point in my life and so I feel like whenever I sit down I'm like well okay like this is gonna get published so it better be really good which is awful mindset really terrible has never gotten me anywhere I mean I hardly ever get past like two pages of writing in those when I have such a lofty goal for myself and I I feel like it has to be this amazing thing and the problem with it is that judging writing and art can be really subjective so then i i there's not just like a rubric that you follow whether it's good or bad there's like some people are gonna like it and some people are always not gonna like it and that's really hard for me too and so sometimes i just don't even know if it's good or bad so then how do i start i mean what's gonna be good what's gonna be bad so that's been really tough for me and i think that really the only way to overcome it is to get in the habit of creating on a regular basis without a huge goal in mind and with more of the goal of kind of identifying with who you are as a creator so then you can be better at it later but yeah I, I mean I always struggle with that because I feel like it has to be good which we talked about last week we talked about mm-hmm. this idea. And there's also the deterministic idea, which we discussed about. You just have to create long enough and then it'll be good. And that's not always true for people either. But I think because right. everything is so subjective, it's really hard for me to get into a place where I can I can express myself without doubts or without a voice in the back of my head saying, was that the right thing to say or was that effective i don't know and i think just doing it more and more gets you more connected with the confidence in your artistry i guess but i don't have a good answer for that either yeah i like what you said i also think one thing that's helped me recently is seeing other people's work and I feel like I've had an experience a couple of times recently where I see something that somebody, like, has put out into the world, and maybe this is, like, a weird thing to say, but sometimes I see things and I'm like, I could do that, you know, like, like, that's, I mean, it's good, I guess, but I could write something that good, so if they're getting published, so could I, so I think seeing a couple things recently that felt more uh, sort of attainable, I think. Like when you're thinking about the goal of being published, for example, seeing some things that have been published that seem a little bit more like, that's a thing that I can do. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think taking inspiration from other people is important. Um, And allowing yourself to to base things what you do off of people who you admire is how you get better because you get in the habit of creating things that you like if you're emulating it off of stuff that you like so yeah Yeah. and what i think go ahead well and the thing that you're saying about seeing other people's creations and then knowing that you can produce something similar it's this idea of like empowerment through looking at other people's art and yeah i think that's really valid too yeah and i think like for me why it's effective is maybe not so much that i'm emulating those people but more just seeing that other people's work is also imperfect right so that like mine does not have to be this amazing perfect manuscript or drawing before i submit it to something like it can just be good like if my work is good even if it's not quite perfect that's okay because other people have gotten published and have 
done putting things out into the world without it being really yeah. perfect and polished. Yeah, I think we touched on this a little bit last week, but usually when you see other people's uh, products, you don't see all the work that went into it. You just see the product. And so you underestimate how much work went into it. And you're like, wow, they just like whipped that out. That's so amazing. Totally. How come I can't do that? And usually there's a large degree of laboring that went on behind the scenes that you don't ever see and getting in the habit of recognizing that is really important and yeah and i think seeing things that are perfect and wanting to get there is nice but not necessarily effective and i think like you said allowing yourself to just be good or allowing yourself to be bad yeah. It's really important too. I'm having too high of goals for myself is always unproductive. I know it's good to have dreams, but if they're not going to get you anywhere, you need to have something that's going to work for you too. Yeah. It's a fine a line. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. I feel like there are some things that I create that I'm more critical of than others. That's kind of interesting. I have, I feel like when I make a drawing, I usually feel like really good about it and I'm confident sharing it to the world and certain kinds of poetry that I write, I'm confident sharing. It's usually the more like goofy, rhymy poems that I feel really good about. But whenever I write something that's more, more like free verse, like kind of emotional, like feelings stuff, or if I'm writing music lyrics, I always question it. And I'm like, is this good or is this just like really corny and weird? <laughs> I'm really glad you say that because I feel like with my writing, um, when I was younger, I would write things that were more, like, fantasy-oriented or, like, non-reality-oriented, and I found that way easier because I found I could be more creative with it, whereas when I was operating in this in this realm of, like, reality, I was limited because I was limited mm -hmm. to, like, this world that had already been created around me, and if I was going to put things inside it, I had to, like, work inside its boundaries sort of mm, thing. Interesting. Um, and when you're rhyming and when you're doing silly stuff like that, I would write stories with these characters, like with these like species of characters that I totally made up and with like really weird names that you would never give a person now. <laughs> but I found them, I found it way easier to write that because it was coming from this place where I just like made them up. So then I could make them do whatever else I wanted to do. And the story just like came to me but now I have this goal of writing like realistic fiction and whenever I sit down to write realistic fiction it is so hard I feel like I can't create anything original that would be interesting in the realm of this world because so yeah. many things have already happened or whatever and so the idea of like doing things that are more silly and being able to do it easier has been really true for me too yeah that's really interesting that you brought that up all of my stories when I was younger were, like, definitely very fantasy-oriented. Yeah. A lot of them were also species that I made up and bizarre names. <laughs> like, almost entirely. Um, and I, like, the more, not necessarily realistic, but the kind of, like, emotional, free verse -y type stuff that I was talking about, that's usually stuff where I just will start writing in my journal and it just comes out like sort of in a poem. Right. And it feels good. Like when I'm reading it back, it like, it feels like a good piece of writing, but I never share those. Right. Because it just feels too like vulnerable or something. Yeah. So maybe if I write a poem about a flamingo. It's like, sure, I can share that. Even though <laughs> I think that's a good poem too. And like, I feel really good about that, but it, I feel more confident sharing it. So maybe the moral of the story is just to make silly stuff. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That's the secret. Or just make the other stuff and not worry about sharing it. Yeah, exactly. I think that, Cause that I feel like paralyzes I get a lot people. Out of, yeah, like I get a lot out of like when I'm writing lyrics or this 
kind of freer poetry, I feel like it helps me maybe process emotions more than some of my other stuff. Yeah. But. For sure. But yeah, maybe I just don't need to worry about sharing it. Yeah. Which is what I've done so far. (laughs) For sure. So this week, we would really love to hear from our listeners about what kinds of creative projects you're working on. So if you have something, some project that you're working on already or something that you're starting, even if it's not an artsy music thing like we talked about earlier, it could be some other kind of creative work, send it to us. We would love to see pictures. If you have a picture of something that you're working on, tag us on Instagram and a picture of something that you're working on or send us a message. You can send us an email or tweet at us. Please get in touch. We would love yeah. we would love to hear from you. We really want to develop a community and again, we talked about how seeing others work is a really good source of inspiration. So if we can lift each other up in our own creativity and start this conversation, that would be really awesome. Yeah. I would love for this to be like a little creative community working together to add value in some way to the world in our own personal creative ways yeah exactly and I also think Anna that we should participate in this as well I think we should both post something okay I agree maybe on the never wear boring socks so you can find us on Instagram at never wear boring socks yeah. go check it out there. we'll post some see our creative yes projects. we'll post some pictures of our projects and then you yeah. guys can post some pictures of yours yeah, and we'll share them. I'm excited. We'll share them on our Instagram. Woo! It'll be awesome. I'm excited. Yes. So do you have a quote for us this weekend? Yes. To end our episode today, I have a quote from the infamous Albus Dumbledore. Oh. Yeah. He's my favorite. I know. He's great. <laughs> so I recently bought an embroidery hoop to hang up in my dorm room for a decoration and it has a quote from Albus Dumbledore on it and the quote is from um, the sixth book of the Harry Potter series and it is let us step into the night and pursue this flighty temptress adventure and I just love this quote I think it's so fun it's in like a really scary part of the book but I just really love the quote Um, and the reason why I chose it for today is that I equate creativity with a sort of adventure that you go on when you're making this thing you don't really know what's going to come out of it and you're kind of exploring new terrain and it's always this like very intense personal thing um and so I equate it with adventure and I also like this quote because it describes adventure as a flighty temptress (laughs) which is I think super accurate to creativity as well because we talked about it being this this um, bringer of joy in our lives. It's really tempting to just sit down and do it. But it's also really hard to grasp sometimes. And it's a, it's a flighty temptress. And it yeah, and, and Elvis Dumbledore is just like, let's do it. Let's pursue this flighty temptress and I don't I just love it I think it's a beautiful language I think it really just sums up this idea of something that's hard to grasp but also really beautiful and we just have to keep keep doing it and keep working on it and keep striving for it yeah and I think creativity is an adventure exactly that's why I think it works for this Mm -hmm. so Dumbledore always coming in clutch with (laughs) with his wise words oh yes we love you Dumbledore (laughs) alright thank you so much for listening to Never Wear Boring Socks this week next week we are going to be talking about productivity and Anna and I are going to talk about some some tips maybe things that have worked for us slash trying to figure out what we can do better moving forward since this is something that we're both kind of struggling with at the moment and I don't think we're alone so definitely tune in next week if you want to hear us talk about that yes I know I need some tips so I'm excited (laughs) this will be good timing yeah me too 
Please subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can also find us on Google Play now. Very exciting stuff. So please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to get your feedback on our episodes. And you can find show notes at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 006. And Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. And there you can find links to anything we talked about in the episode. We would love to hear from you. As we said before, please send us emails and voice messages to neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at neverwearboringsocks and on Twitter at noboringsocks. And please show us or tell us what creative projects you have been working on. And we want to say thank you to our audio editor, Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, and also to Martha Barnard, our Twitter supervisor. And thank you to both of them for their help with our music. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And remember to never wear boring socks.